Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Corinthians. Today is episode 483, looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 3 through 10. Let's read our passage. We are not giving anyone an occasion for offense, so that the ministry will not be blamed. Instead, as God's ministers, we commend ourselves at everything by great endurance, by afflictions, by hardships, by difficulties, by beatings, by imprisonments, by riots, by labors, by sleepless nights, by times of hunger, by purity, by knowledge, by patience, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, through weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left through glory and dishonor, through slander and good report, regarded as deceivers yet true, as unknown yet recognized, as dying yet see, we live as being disciplined yet not killed, as grieving yet always rejoicing, as poor yet enriching many, as having nothing yet possessing everything. This is Second Corinthians. This is a letter that Paul is sending to the church in Corinth. He sent it via Titus. Titus has just returned to Paul after delivering a letter that Paul refers to as the tearful letter. Paul had made a quick trip to Corinth when he was in Ephesus, but he had to leave quickly because there was so much intense opposition against him. In fact, the entire church was uh, well troublesome. We're not told exactly what it is, but it seems that either the whole church basically opposed him or more likely, there was a small group who opposed him, but the rest of the church just stood by and did nothing about it. And Paul challenged them in this tearful letter about their behavior. Titus has now come back to Paul and reported that it seems the majority of the church has made a turnaround, and they actually support Paul. There is a significant minority who do not support Paul, and that is the purpose of 2 Corinthians trying to make the situation better with this minority who still oppose him, trying to restore the relationship, because he is intending still to go personally to Corinth. He's been talking about his ministry, what it is that drives him, because that seems to be a big part of what their opposition to him is, is that he just doesn't seem to act like they think an apostle should act. He doesn't do what they think an apostle should do. And he tells them some things they don't want to hear, like they shouldn't go and participate in the sacrificial feast to the, the temple idols, that they should abstain from sexual immorality, that they're not really as spiritual as they think they are. They're not really as wise as they think they are. They don't have the knowledge that they think they do. So they don't like to hear a lot of what Paul is saying. So Paul's talking about his ministry, why he does what he does. And he talked about Last time we looked at the ministry of reconciliation. That's what he's all about. Helping people be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now he's talking more about the, what their ministry looks like. How they conduct themselves. So in verse 3 he says, We're not giving anyone an occasion for offense so that the ministry will not be blamed. So he said basically we're, we're conducting ourselves in such a way that you can't hold anything against our ministry. You can't challenge our conduct. You can't challenge our ethics. You can't challenge our faith. We do everything honestly, openly, above board, and with sincerity. You cannot challenge our ministry. That's why we do things the way we do them. Verse 4, then, 
Instead, as God's ministers, we commend ourselves in everything by great endurance. We use this word commend ourselves in different ways throughout this letter. And here he's basically talking about committing ourselves, not committing ourselves to you as if we needed letters of introduction, but committing ourselves just in general to anyone. This is what we have to say about our ministry. It goes along with this idea because we don't want anybody to blame our ministry. So we conduct ourselves in an open, forthright, honest manner. And he says we commit ourselves and everything by great endurance. Then all these other things are following that great endurance. And this first group are in pieces of three. The first three, by afflictions, by hardships, by difficulties. So these are just general sufferings. And, and many of these things kind of mean the same thing. So Paul uses a lot of literary devices and repetition and saying the same thing in different words. So what's the difference between afflictions and hardships and difficulties? Hard to say. But the whole point here, this is just general suffering, general hardships. This is generally tough times. Then into verse 5, he has a, another segment of three by beatings, by imprisonments, by riots. Now, these would be sufferings that you endured at the hands of others. So the first three were just some general sufferings, bad things. Then the, the next three are bad things that people do to us. Then the next three, by labors, by sleepless nights, by times of hunger, this would be sufferings endured as a way of selfless discipline. The, this is the way we live. We endure these kinds of things because of our ministry. So all these begin with the preposition by. It could be translated as in. It's the same Greek word, in, E-N. So these things are all ways of suffering. Then starting into verse 6, he has verse 6 and 7, two groups of four. They were in groups of three. Now he has these two groups of four and still using the Greek word in translated in the CSB by, as by, by purity, by knowledge, by patience, by kindness. Now each of these is two words. Then the next four are three words each. Now I don't know there's a significance to that other than it's just the way Paul likes to write things in neat little groups like that. So the next four, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God. And all these are still amplifying by great endurance. So he does things by this great endurance, and he lists a lot of sufferings. Then this group, he still lists them. We do these things by great sufferings, by some positive things. Purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God. Now he shifts gears and starts using the preposition through. The Greek word is dia. So we do all these things in, by great endurance, through weapons of righteousness for the right hand or left, through glory and dishonor, through slander and good report. They're still amplifying how he endures doing all these things that he has commended themselves for. Now, through weapons of righteousness for the right hand and left hand. It's hard to say exactly what he means there because he doesn't give us 
his own footnotes, although all your study Bibles have plenty of footnotes, and they probably don't agree necessarily on what this means. But many think what he means here, what he's really getting at the point here is fully equipped. You've got everything you need, or he has everything he needs. Weapons of righteousness. And one good way of looking at this would be, what does the, the standard soldier have in his right hand and left hand? He has a sword and a shield, a defensive weapon and an offensive weapon. I go along with what he mentions in some of his other writings, primarily in Ephesians 6, where he talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the offensive weapon, and the shield of faith to extinguish the darts of the evil one, the defensive weapon. So the point there is he's just talking about we are equipped for the things we need to do the ministry. So he has the, the weapons that necessary, right hand, left hand, into verse 8, through glory and dishonor. So this is good and bad, through slander and good report, another good and bad. Then uh, toward the end of verse 8, he shifts gears again and starts using a, a different preposition, where he's used the preposition in, E-N, preposition dia, D-I-A. Now he's using the preposition hos, H-O-S, which gets translated as, regarded as deceivers, yet true. So you have this contrast. We are regarded as deceivers, but we're not really deceivers. The world regards us as deceivers. Thinks we're saying things that aren't true, but we are saying things that are true. Another as, as a known, yet recognized as unknown in worldly terms. Nobody cares who we are or knows what we do, but we are known, known to the Lord and known to the church. As dying, yet see we live. So again, this contrast from the worldly perspective, we're dying, everybody's dying. But from a spiritual perspective, we live because of our faith in Jesus Christ. As being disciplined and yet not killed. Being disciplined, well, we are being disciplined by the Lord, but he doesn't kill us. He preserves us. Then, into verse 10, is grieving, yet always rejoicing. Grieving in that there's always these bad things happening, yet rejoicing in the eternity we have with Christ. As poor, yet enriching many. Poor, worldly, you know, they don't have much. They does talk about going without, yet they have riches and are enriching others spiritually. And then, similarly, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. From the worldly perspective, they don't have much, but yet they possess everything in the terms of spiritual riches. So in this section, Paul's talking about the essence of what their ministry looks like. He's talked about what they do in that they're ambassadors for Christ to the world. They're the carriers of the gospel to the world. They have this ministry of reconciliation between God and sinners. And now he's talking about what it looks like. The, they go through a lot of stuff, yet through it all, they're equipped by God. And they have these aspects about them that shouldn't give anybody any reason to criticize their ministry. And that's what he's getting at here, because the group he's trying to reach in Corinth are the ones who are still challenging Paul, questioning his ministry. We don't think he's really an apostle, or at least he doesn't look like an apostle, or he's not the kind of apostle we really want. 
And Paul is talking about, well, we're apostles because we're appointed by God. And this is what God's apostles look like. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 2 Corinthians.